Um, and then we can probably start. And I just start by saying, Andreas from Wolf Vision, thanks mm-hmm. for joining us today. Um, from Austria. Austria. Mm-hmm. So Australia and Austria are two different countries for the people listening at home. But we've got one from both uh, joining today, which is which is good. What I was really interested in, I've, I've sat through a presentation with uh, Andreas this morning and noticed that you still live in Austria. Yes. And Arnold Schwarzenegger has not lived in Austria for 40 plus years. Yes. Why does he have such a strong Austrian accent? You've almost lost your Austrian accent. Oh, thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we also make fun about the accent uh, mm. of, 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 of uh, Arnold. Uh, yeah, I, I speak quite a lot of English. Uh, t- since World Vision in Austria, we are exporting a lot of uh, our devices. We are connected quite close with our customers all over the world. So I would say most of the time in my business life, I'm talking English. Speaking English, that's mm-hmm. where it's come mm-hmm. from then. Um, tell us a bit about Wolf Vision. Wolf Vision, for folks that will be listening to this show, and, and I guess to give you a position of, of Wolf Vision in Australia, from the AV realm, um, Wolf Vision is one of those products that sort of sits on the periphery for us, mm-hmm. but it's always got really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so give us a bit of a history of, of Wolf Vision and, and the things that you're up to. Yeah. Uh, well, Vision, uh, back in the 70s, uh, the idea of Pepe Wolf, that was the founder of the company, uh, he passed away two years ago, uh, he had the idea of the document camera. And uh, that was really the, the first steps of Wolf Vision. That's the reason why we are called Wolf Vision. That and that's where you're thing. most known in, in our region. Yes. There's a Wolf Vision document camera in almost every university mm-hmm. or, or high school. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and uh, from that point, uh, the development started with all the different document cameras. But uh, I would say around 10 years ago, also Wolf Vision saw the the transformation into the digital world. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were different technologies and approaches for that uh, to to move also into this direction. And uh, yeah, that was the the starting phase for the Sine family, what we talked about uh, today in our in our presentation. Mm. Uh, to yeah, our our vision is really to give our users the best technology to transform uh, to, uh, to transfer their knowledge, mm. to do their presentations, to make it interesting. And uh, there is a lot of things in the meantime going on in such a presentation. And uh, this is what we concentrate. Still, there is the visualizer, and it's a good add-on product um, to the Synap, but also standalone in different uh, uh, installations. But uh, yeah, a new way of teaching. Uh, courtrooms are getting more and more digital. Uh, we don't have to talk about the pandemic and web conferencing, mm. how important it is to have a, a hybrid classroom or a hybrid meeting. And this drives us, and uh, we're trying to develop the right stuff as we talk today. Yeah, and I think what resonated with me in today's presentation was, and we had a a chat about this a bit earlier, you know, we sort of saw pre-pandemic universities in particular or or educators in particular were trying to find different ways to teach but to teach effectively, Mm -hmm. but then also to recognise that the way people learn has changed as well. Mm -hmm. Then the pandemic came along and everyone was thrown into being remote and it was thought for a little while that, well, remote is the future now. That's it. Remote's going to be how it is and we're never going to go back to campus life or anything. Universities in particular have realised, no, no, we need people on campus. That's our offering. Like Mm -hmm. is that whole campus life, campus experience. So people are going back to school. 
Um, and, and your product set seems to have really capitalized beautifully on the ability to do things like teaching multidisciplinary. So mm. I can teach well in the class. I can teach well at home at the same time. Is there, um, is there a lot of research and development that goes into delivering the products that you're delivering now to make sure that you're doing well in education mm -hmm. as opposed to just being there? Mm -hmm. No, really, uh, we are close connected with our customers. We, we talk a lot with universities and especially through this time of the pandemic, everybody was shocked mm. how, how we go on with everything. And as you just mentioned, it, it, uh, there was this big trend of, of having uh, remote universities. And, but we learned that it's so important for the students and also for the universities to be on campus. Mm. Uh, there are sessions, uh, topics which can be covered in videos or in, in, in remote sessions. But um, for, as an example, the le uh, active learning, it's, it's coming together, working in teams, having fun, uh, and, and really also this interaction with your colleagues. And when I think back to my university time, it's, that's one of them the funniest and best things I, I had uh, to, to discuss topics with, with others on the campus. And uh, so we try to understand really the needs of the customers uh, and, and of the universities. And uh, it's not always this is the, 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 the way to go. It, it's, 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 it's a range. And uh, this is why we develop like we do to say it is possible in the classroom, but it is also possible to have a remote experience. Mm. But depending on the way of teaching, I guess I would say there are like like a lecture hall style uh, uh, classroom or session. That's something which works perfectly fine with a recording, such as a lecture capture recording or an offline, uh, an online session, mm. but really working in groups and, and doing research together. I would I would uh, see the market more going into back to the campus and work together as teams. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. and, and I think, again, when we talk about how learning has changed, you know, even from my generation, you know, we're probably very similarly aged and we're from that generation um, where we're sort of old enough to understand what an analog world was like, mm -hmm. you know, without mm -hmm. all the tech to, to mm -hmm. make our lives easy, but we've grown up in a very digital world. Mm -hmm. Now for the generation of people that are studying at university now, like their world is different yet again. And in particular, the way that they receive content and the ability that they've got to focus for a long period of time. And I think the thing that stood out today with the SINAP product is a lecturer needs to be able to run a lecture these days with multiple pieces of media ready to fire at any one time and it can be from here, there, there, wherever and we've got to be able to deliver them in the right selection of time so that we can keep the kids focused. Mm -hmm. You know, are these the things that, that you're building your product based on? Is, is that, do you try and satisfy that sort of need? Definitely. Uh, so w what you just said, the, the different inputs like, like our solution with the composer, the, the idea behind was really, and when we when we talk to the to the universities, to the students, to the academics, we learned it has to be more flexible. It, it and the, the the main idea was really, and it looks like a little bit like a DJ mm, turntable. Exactly. Yeah, we said, okay, you have your playlist for your presentation. You want to bring in streams, cameras, web conferences, whatever, 
and you can structure your playlist and then going online to the screens mm. or in a, in, a, in a DJ talking, it will be uh, being being on the speakers. Yep. And that was really the idea behind to make it to give the students what what they really want to have. Mm. It should be not just a PowerPoint presentation, which is clicked through uh, over hours. Oh, uh, correct. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this media change, it, it helps to stay focused. It's uh, it helps also the, the academic to 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 have better sessions, I guess. Mm. And uh, this is this that was the focus. And we try to bring in experts and for us an expert is a user yeah uh, definitely so we try to bring them in to our headquarter or we try to travel around and have sessions with them at their campus mm. and just discuss where are the pain points what do you, what do you want what what is the perfect presentation looks like yeah and out of that we 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 start designing our user interfaces and uh, workflows behind mm. and uh, try to keep it as simple as possible possible because that's always the the big challenge to have a lot of features cool stuff but it should be controllable by a non-technical yeah. trained person correct mm -hmm. because that's one of the things too when you're working in the university sector in particular is um and we do a lot of work in unis i'm very passionate about the uni space i, I was a lecturer at uni for 10 years mm -hmm. i loved my time at uni and i love being involved with that university sector and the way i try and coin so you've got users, all right? User experiences are based on the user. The thing that is really tricky in a university environment and most teaching environments is that there's two types of user. There's the operator, which is your lecturer, mm -hmm. and their set of objectives for the day is, I wanna get kids excited about the knowledge that I have to deliver. Like that's their objective. Mm -hmm. And then you've also got the consumer of that tech as a user, which is the student. And the student for the most part is like, I want to try and get the key bits of the information out of this lecture that I need. Mm -hmm. And then I want to go home and learn it on my own. Mm -hmm. And that's very different to when we were kids because school was where you did the learning. Where now school is more about the introduction of the concepts mm -hmm. and the learning happens self-paced. Mm -hmm. um, what other tools does like the platform like Synapse offer that allows students to then have the same learning experience at home? Mm -hmm. For example, uh, we talked about lecture capture uh, today uh, to really give them high quality recordings into their hand. Uh, there are a lot of services around, for example, Panopto or, or, or uh, Kaltura or you name it, um, to give them the introduction, give them all the information they need, but then they have a, a quite intelligent video file available for, for, for doing their home studies, mm. uh, for example, with text recognition, with speech recognition. So these video files can be searched for a term or for a word and uh, the system will tell you this and that second the professor, the academic talked about it. So it goes into that level of, of capturing yes. using yes. AI as well? Yes. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. Definitely. And this is really when when uh, we use this tool also in 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 our company when when from the headquarter we want to train our sales team for example it's it makes the chapters automatically mm. it will uh, detect the slides you show uh, the texts and everything and this is just the next level yep. because a, a video file is always you start watching it and uh, yeah then even something as exciting as like when they bought chapters mm -hmm. into YouTube. Mm -hmm. Like for ages it mm -hmm. used to be you'd watch a YouTube video and yeah. 
I got to skip like to try mm-hmm. and find my point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having yeah. chapters makes all the difference. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's it like working for Wolf Vision? Like, what's the cultural experience like? Mm-hmm. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I have to say, um, I'm there now since six and a half years. Yeah. I came from a different industry, so it was for me a totally new field. Where uh, are you? What industry are you from? Uh, I was self-employed. Uh, originally, I'm coming out of the construction industry. Oh yeah! Wow. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a learned carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. So and then I was in the university, uh, studied process and product management, and. Um, yeah, then started working in another company in the construction industry, getting self-employed for six years, doing like consultant uh, in product development. Yep. And but this was my first touch into this pro AV market. Yeah. Wow. And um, I came into this family Wolf Vision, I have to say, because yep. it's really we're based in Austria in the mountains. We are close with each other. We are really having a good time, and we really work in a team. So mm. it's. When when I entered uh, the team or when I, I joined Wolf Vision, they took care of me. They learned me everything about this market, and uh, so it was easy for me to to l- jump into this new role yeah. as a product manager for for uh, sign up and software development. Yeah, and um, yeah, we have a lot of fun. We travel a lot. Uh, we we're so much in uh, yeah. We, we talk to our customers so often. And mm. for me, really, an expert is always the user. There are a lot of trends. Nowadays, we talk a lot about AI and whatever. And for me, the user-centered development, that's key. Mm. And, and to, to give them all these cool features and all these possibilities, but make it easy to control. Mm. And I think that's where new technologies and AI can help us. But that makes it really interesting for me at World Vision to, to have such a great team. We do all the development in Austria, yep. front-end, back-end software, also the hardware. So short ways, we are a quite small company and uh, we are talking to everybody uh, yeah. every day. So yeah. it's, it's really good. Still yeah. a very well-known company, particularly mm-hmm. in this region in education you know it's, it's core in education periphery like in some of the other areas um my question was going to be along the lines of someone that for someone that has not been in av or tech mm-hmm. for the larger part of their career it's i've been in av my entire life in one way or another right mm-hmm. like when i was wiring speakers as like a four-year-old mm-hmm. and trying to you know tinker with things and one thing led to another i've always been involved in this it's not something that's new mm-hmm. to me but for someone that enters AV without that technical background, the foresight that that must offer you in being a user, mm-hmm. when you're so technical your entire life, it's very easy to assume everyone else is technical, including mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. users. Has mm-hmm. that given you an ability to, to sort of empathise with clients a bit more because you're not necessarily a lifelong mm-hmm. school of tech? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think so, yeah. Um, I'm... I, I love technical stuff and uh, audio and video. It, it was always a part of my life in my private life, but not in my, my business. Mm. But uh, now when I go to customers, to users, discuss certain topics, I think I, I'm, I'm still a little bit, maybe, I don't know if this is the right saying in English, but a little bit fresh. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm not too long in this, in this field. And uh, 
we can think different ways to do things. And uh, I love UIs, UXs. That's really a thing. Same as me. Uh, for me, uh, having a, a device such as a smartphone and, and having a cool app which just works. Yep. And uh, it's a swipe. It's not yep. a press. Yep. It's, that's it. And uh, I love this. And uh, this is something... I try as good as possible together with the whole team to bring into the sign app mm. because I think that's key. It's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. It is the most important thing. It's the thing in my career, you know, whenever I have an opportunity to do, if I speak like at a, at a function or something or a trade show, whatever it might be, I'm always trying to leverage the importance of that user experience mm -hmm. because no one cares about the technology. Mm -hmm. And I use the example in AV, I can make a customer spend upwards of a million dollars on something mm -hmm. and all they ever get is the touch panel. Mm -hmm. That's that's their mm -hmm. window into what mm -hmm. it is that they're doing. Mm -hmm. So if that doesn't do one thing the way that they think that it should, that whole $1 million has been wasted because mm -hmm. they're thinking I want the solution to do this and it doesn't do it. So my emphasis is always <clears throat> start with the user experience and build the solution out from there. Most people get so wound up in the tech mm -hmm. that they're like, I know what tech you need. And they build the tech and then they try and teach the user how to use it. And I think that's where things go wrong. Um, and I really love the way that you guys have put together the UI for this platform because it's just so intuitive. Mm -hmm. Like it's all in front of you and, and, and easy to access. Um, has that been, that's been thought out intentionally, obviously, with all the, the work that goes into the R&D, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. So we... For example, the, the composer, what we saw today, our DJ <laughs> composer, mm. um, that started back in 2019, uh, doing the first workshops and, and, and developing in this direction. And uh, also the future will look like this. Mm. Uh, there is so much workflows um, when it comes to web conference, when it comes to presenting content, uh, recording and so on, which can be easier. Yep. And uh, we believe that that uh, this will be our path for the future too, to have uh, all these technical possibilities available for the user. Mm. But keep it simple. Yeah. Give them two buttons. That's enough. What about outside of work? What what does Andreas do for passion? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have no kids. I have a lot of time. Same uh, here. Yeah. <laughs> I have nothing but time and a bit of spare money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I love to ride motorcycles. I used to do. Mate, well, I think you and I have actually like dimensional twins or something because uh, I'm the same. Could be, yeah. No, I love I love riding motorcycles. I live in the mountains, so I go a lot of skiing in winter. In summer, we go mountain biking. That's that's really good. Uh, I love to be at the lake, mm. uh, just uh, having a drink at the lake in the evening, or go go for a swim, enjoy life, yep. travel. Yeah. Uh, quite often in Canada. My dad uh, moved to Canada part-time oh, 30 nice. years ago. So there is a cottage up there, off-grid cottage to really turn off everything. Beautiful. No tech. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's really good. Uh, be there two times a year. Yeah. And yeah, enjoy life. What's, I have a what beautiful sort of bike wife. do you ride? Different. Uh, so on one side, I love old Harleys. Yeah. So I have a WLA. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from 42. So yeah, yet wow. last year, it was the 80th birthday of it. Amazing. Uh, it's, it's a bobber style custom bike. Mm -hmm. 
And on the other side, I'm coming out of motocross when I was younger. Nowadays, oh, yeah. I'm Dirt too, bikes yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, so I'm riding a, a 300cc two-stroke uh, Husqvarna. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Keep it European. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a Japanese bike rider. So okay. I, uh, I have, I, I spent most of my life uh, riding Kawasaki's. Mm-hmm. So I had the ZX2, mm-hmm. the ZX6, the ZX10, and then the ZX14. So I went through the whole range. Okay. Um, but now I ride a Suzuki Boulevard, which is a very big cruiser, mm-hmm. 1800cc cruiser. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's big and he- I love it and I've, I've custom airbrushed it and done all the cool. things to it cool. to make it beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want a BMW. Mm-hmm. I want like a 1200, something in a dual sport for me. Mm-hmm. I yeah, like the yeah. concept of being on a, on a, on a road mm-hmm. and then seeing a trail and going, oh, I'll go down there. I can't yeah. do that now. Like, there's no chance I can mm-hmm. do it. So getting a dual sport is my next, um, my next oh, important good. thing. Yeah. Mm. There are a lot of gravel roads in, in Europe. There is even an own application for, for the smartphone, a navigation system for gravel roads. Oh, so, really? Yeah. You go through Europe and uh, if you have a dual sport, you just turn Wherever right and you you're in go. gravel. And that's, that's really cool. So uh, what is it like riding in Europe? Uh, depends on the country. Yeah, uh, you know, in Germany, uh, if you're a speed racer, you go very fast. Yeah, apparently, yeah, so yeah. you go to the <laughs> to the German autobahn, and you there's no speed limit. And is you that true? Do, there's no speed limit. There's no speed limit. There are parts of it. There are speed limits, uh, but there a big part of the autobahn. There's no speed limit, so you can do whatever you want. So I didn't know whether that was true or not. No, it is. It is really. You drive there with your car with I don't know 220 kilometers per hour, and there's someone behind blinking with the fl- with the light because yeah. Porsche taking yeah, they over pass. with 280 <laughs> I don't know yeah that's the German thing but uh, we have a lot of mountains so yeah. we drive up and down and up and down perfect scenery and uh, yeah a lot of gravel roads I love the place where I live so mm. that's really travel a lot see a lot of spaces uh, places and uh, but I love it you know my Australia. godmother is Austrian oh yeah and um She's lived here her entire life since she was probably five or six years old. So I've always heard about Austria and I've, I've been exposed particularly to Austrian food mm-hmm. because she cooks amazing Austrian mm-hmm. food. So I've spent a lot of my life eating that, but I've never been. Um, and that's definitely something I want to do because um, that, you know, Alpine region mm-hmm. just in general has to be some of the most beautiful country on the planet, right? Yeah, it is. It is beautiful. And especially we are in the western part of Austria. So just at the border to Switzerland and Germany. So it takes us three hours to go to Italy. And uh, we go down south over the weekend and have a different culture, different food, uh, different language. It's it's great. And uh, yeah, we travel quite a lot. We have a little camper van. And over the weekends, my wife and me, we are driving to Italy and having good wine. And Stop it. Yeah, sorry, (laughs) sorry. Uh, It's so spiteful because here you you can drive for like one full day and be in the same country. Mm-hmm. It's it, mm-hmm. and like for us, even like to fly to Sydney takes best part of an hour and it'll probably cost three or $400 return. Mm-hmm. You can fly from Spain to Italy for like 60 euro or something and you're there in what, 15, 20 minutes? 
Yeah, or you take the train because yeah, there's oh, a yeah. good train <laughs> system uh, to, 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 to jump between the countries. And yeah, everything is close. Um, but it's funny because it's it's different culture in every country. Mm. Even in, in, in Austria, the western part, we are more like the Swiss guys. Yep. And the eastern part, it's Vienna. It's, yeah. it's totally different to even the, the our, our dialect and our, our uh, German is totally different. Yeah. So, yeah. But that makes the mm-hmm. appeal of Europe so wonderful for me is that you can, like, again, you can't experience, you, you, we experience different culture in Australia because we're so multicultural, mm-hmm. because your neighbours mm-hmm. are, you know, of different mm-hmm. ethnicity, but you can't go somewhere conveniently and mm-hmm. experience their culture. It's, mm-hmm. it's always a seven, eight, nine, ten hour flight. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to be able to just jump on a train and go to another country. Yeah. It's not something you can do here. Um, Andreas, I want to thank you for your time. Um, this has been good. Before I let you off the hook, is there any sneaky subjects that you can let us in on that might be coming from Wolf Vision? Is there any gossip? Is there anything that we might be able to know that's not going to put you in any trouble um, but might be worth us, you know, staying connected to the internet mm-hmm. to, to see? Mm-hmm. So first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really good. The first time in the first podcast. podcast. Yeah, 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 I love yeah. it. A little bit nervous, you know. <laughs> love it. <laughs> no, um, the next thing, uh, what we're going to introduce is uh, bringing our collaboration feature, presentation feature with Synap together with a with a uh, audio video appliance. So oh. the Synap video bar will yep. be available soon mm-hmm. let's call it like this okay. and it will combine the web conferencing approach to have uh, bring your own meeting and uh, being platform agnostic use it this this camera this microphone the speakers on your device without the need of plugging in a cable beautiful and uh, we have a beautiful partnership in germany <laughs> since we're so close um, it's it's about i would say an hour away with the company phone Oh, uh, yeah. Known yep. for, for the, the good Some speakers. of the best speakers that you'll ever come across. Uh, and that is a very well known brand here. Yeah. And yeah. so we're, we're uh, yeah, together in a, in a team now. And Brilliant. Uh, uh, they do the audio, we do the presentation. And uh, we also have a partner, uh, a development partner for the best microphone. So we said, let's uh, bring the experts together on a table and, and, and bring a solution all in one. Terrific. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine if anyone is heading to ISE in Barcelona, you'll yes. be able to see it all set yes. up over there. Yes. Yep. Yes. Please, please uh, be there. Uh, it will be shown on, on ISE and Infocom then later in the year. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think uh, I definitely won't see anyone at ISE. I might see some people at, at Infocom, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not doing Europe this year. Um, okay. Thank you again. Thank and you so much. Uh, for anyone that wants to follow up on any of the stuff that we've spoken about today, we're going to have links in the comments. Mm-hmm. If you've got any comments for Andreas, you might want to um, throw some questions or know what's going on, chuck them in the comments below. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll see you next time you fly down to Australia. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.